Alexander here, Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 264. Today's topics are going to be ranging from the day Lil Wayne surpassed Jay-Z to the day the world started taking Drake seriously. Then we're going to dive in into what I believe is the better album intro for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers and finishing it off with Crack Sandwich, a track from the Forever Story Jid. Phenomenal storytelling track. I've shown the love in the reels. I've shown the uh, love speaking about the album, but I haven't dedicated time to the album specifically. Depending how I deal with the battery life challenge I got going on with my camera, we might have other topics that I have planned. But until then, how's it going? It's been feeling great outside. Weather is beautiful, luscious. I love being outside. So it isn't like, oh, we just here for the weather, but the, the sun bathing on my skin. The wind blowing by, feeling breezy. I'm feeling breezy. We all feeling like breezy. And it has been just a standout time. Standout time. Now, let me not waste your time anymore. Let's get right into it. The day Lil Wayne surpassed Jay-Z was on June 10, 2008. Now, what was so special about this date? I got y'all. Lil Wayne released Mr. Carter, a single for his highly anticipated album, The Carter 3. Now, quick, it's, it's important to note that during this time, uh, Lil Wayne's prime, especially as he continued to drop projects featured, Lil Wayne was in the discussions of, is he better than Jay-Z? Has he already surpassed Jay-Z? And with Jay-Z, of course, going into the latter half of his career, Jay-Z not in his own prime, we, it was a, you know, there was a conversation of who's the better rapper. But with the release of Mr. Carter, this ended that debate. Not only was Jay-Z Hove himself featured on Mr. Carter, not only was this the album intro to the Carter 3 that truly sets the tone for what we're going to experience throughout the album, but Jay-Z himself passed the torch to Lil Wayne. It wasn't so much about who outrap who and therefore we decide who's the better rapper. It's the fact that Jay-Z acknowledged that Lil Wayne was the one to go further. Now, going down into some of the verses from Mr. Carter that show this camaraderie, this sense of respect. Um, the first verse, by the way, Mr. Carter is ecstatic. We got Wayne at his sharpest. And the second half, when he starts talking, starts talking about the seasons, is highly addictive. Man, I got summer hating on me because I'm hotter than the sun. Got spring hating on me because I ain't never sprung. And of course, at first glance, it's like, all right, because I ain't never sprung because we ain't never jumped. But it's actually a tie-in to Jay-Z's 1997 track, Who You With, which Jay-Z himself also used Never Sprung in a verse. And from there, you know, that's showing some homage, some respect. It's also important to note that Lil Wayne is a big fan of Jay-Z, even getting words tatted on his face from Jay-Z's 1997 track, Lucky Me. Now, all of this to say, it was these moments right here, when you were able to pick up that homage, when you were able to hear how hungry Lil Wayne was on a track called Mr. Carter, Jay-Z Carter, Lil Wayne himself, the Carters, is just a lot of beautiful tie-ins. And going in into Jay-Z's verse towards the end, we have Jay-Z making the verses of now my name's been mentioned with the Martyrs, the Biggies, and the Pox, and the Marlies, and the Marcus, the Guard, got me a Molotov cocktail, flow, so on and so forth. And then he goes on to say, I took so much change from this rap game. It's your go. Hey, Mr. Carter Young. And then earlier, in the initial part of the verse, Jay-Z himself saying, Young Carter, go farther, go further, go harder. If, is that not why we came? And if not, then why bother? 
I know I did a little bit. Um, I, should, I did a little bit backwards. Should have started off with the beginning, but from Jay Z comparing himself to some of the other greats, and then earlier in the verse, Jay Z telling Lil Wayne to go further, go farther, go harder. Already acknowledging the fact that Lil Wayne has matched Jay Z. From them two on the, on this point of view, it's just like we understand where we are with each other. But for Jay Z to tell him now, go further than me. You surpass me, but continue to go along. Continue to build that discography, continue to be relentless is a beautiful moment in hip-hop, a beautiful moment in rap, and just doubles down on the fact that this was officially the track that made Lil Wayne surpass Jay-Z. Officially the moment that Jay-Z acknowledged, this is Lil Wayne's time. He's above me. Head and shoulders above me. He's on another lane. And to see him go further. And with that, that's the day Lil Wayne surpassed Jay-Z. Now, a couple of other things to note about this. By, by the way, we got three verses from Lil Wayne on here. We have about two choruses that are pretty exciting and great performances from Hove himself. This is an all-time, this is an all-time rap track. I want to say this is an all-time as far as like, yo, is it like top 20, top 30? I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of music that we could put up there, but I, I want to say this cracks top 100 and it's, it's good to reminisce on it. I've been listening to the Carter Three pretty nonstop over the past week, um, from the Carter Four to the Carter Three, and I I outplayed the Carter Two a couple months back, so that's why I'm not mentioning the Carter Two at the moment. However, the Carter Two I don't have that much experience with the Carter One, but but I think I think I should dive into that. So let me know let me know how you guys feel about this. If any of you guys are whole fans, how do you feel about in terms of who's the better rapper? Who do you got? Is it Wayne? Is it Hove? Is it Drake? Drake? Sorry. I Hopefully the volume didn't peak right there. I hit my face on the mic. But that's going to be going on to the next, next topic. The day the world started taking Drake serious was on April 17th, 2012. Now, Drake up until this point hasn't had like a real history of beef. And even though he has dropped bangers such as headlines and other tracks on the more amped up side, whether we're talking about like over, whether we're talking about, uh, I already said, I already mentioned headlines and other various tracks. We never got Drake sounding hungry and like vicious to where it's just like, oh man, the, the, the ambience and their energy and the aura is just screaming straight presence. Like, oh man, Drake is on his shit. It wasn't until this moment. Stay Scheming dropped April 17th, 2012. This is why this date has been marked. A track featuring Rick Ross and French Montana being a single from Rick Ross's second mixtape, Rich Forever. And it isn't necessarily that Drake completely obliterated the rapper that he was dissing but more so the bravado, the Candace, the performance, like I've mentioned, the fact we never heard Drake like this before. And it happened to be a jab at the rapper Common that just tied everything in together. Now it's pretty infamous, the beginning verse. It bothers me when the gods get to acting like the broads. Referencing Common, oh, you know, clearly mentioning the fact that he acting like Shada, he acting like a female, he acting like a broad. And this was, this was a, a small beef at the moment in time. It wasn't like there was anything crazy deep initially. But of course, this, this started with Common this Drake in the song Sweet, something that Common denied at first. But then whenever you look at, <laughs> whenever you, 
go onto the track Sweet and he's talking, he's dissing the guy that all he's doing is singing. He's sensitive. It, it's clear that it was about Drake. He went on to confirm this in Sway in the Morning that Drake was a target of the diss verse. And, you know, that he, he, the way Common felt about it was sort of, um, he was competitive. Like, you know, if you part of the game, be expecting these sort of things. And which I find hilarious because it's just like, I mean, you know, at, at the moment, we really didn't have any context. Like, it was just random. Like, where did this come from? With Drake even going as far as to say in an interview with, with XXL, obviously, the whole tension with that whole camp has been brewing for a long time. And that was the first time someone had called me out personally. I reacted in a very poised way. First of all, I made sure it would be a run in the club because that's more painful than anything as opposed to just being on a blog. I wanted to be on a record that you would have to stand around and hear every night for a few months. That was my whole strategy going into that. Instead of sounding hurt and malicious, I wanted to sound fun, get my shit off. Like I said, if it happens again, not that I want it, not that I welcome it, but I'm ready. I really enjoy writing bars, man. I'm not nervous about anybody saying anything to me, end quote. And it's important to note that after this, did the beef go any further? Were there any more songs dropped? The beef was actually squash, uh, squashed. Drake and Common did eventually run into each other at 2012 Grammys, but they happened to squash the beef there. Things didn't escalate with Common himself saying, and I quote, we had a talk. We had a conversation. It was a face-to-face, man-to-man, a positive thing. It was a good conversation. I've learned to respect him even more. I already thought he was a talented guy. But just from the conversation we had, I hold even more respect for him. We saw each other and the conversation was initiated. It was just a respectful conversation that needed to be had. So he knew that I'm not at him trying to destroy him as a human being. It was a hip-hop battle to me. I had to put all of those things into hip-hop. I gave him a pound gave him a boom, and it was all love. Now, with this, you will feel, all right, this is how the story wraps up. Stay scheming, stay scheming Drake's verse, a club banger, infamous the first time we felt that sense of bravado. And even though Drake said he didn't want to be malicious, it did sound a bit like we didn't have this version of Aubrey ever, really. The only time after this, I believe, would be 5 a.m. in Toronto, and then going forward, we got other songs. But this was a very um, important part of Drake's history. And the part where this takes a complete 180 is the fact that it, it almost feels like it was just the fact that Common felt jealous about Drake singing. It almost felt like it was just the fact that he was jealous about someone having better commercial success than him, and him potentially just taking it as an insult to his own ego due to how he viewed rap. But then we will go on to find out that the reason the beef initially started is because Drake had relations with Serena Williams. This is something he would go on to confirm with Vlad TV. And what do you know? Another beef that sparks up because of a female. And this just adds extra spice, extra flair, extra flames into the history of this song because of what initially felt like a random jab because of success, jealousy, envy. We now understand that this stemmed from, <laughs> this stemmed from, all right, you were messing with, you were messing with Serena Williams. And Common didn't take that lightly. And then that's whenever Common decided to shoot the shots. That's whenever Drake 
responded accordingly pretty menacingly and a very contagious and addictive track stay skimming stay scheming a track that's for the books a french montana verse that i i know word for word that is pretty addictive and rick ross of course doing his own thing on here and that is the day the world started taking drake serious april 17th 2012 the track stay scheming man this is a song that always takes me back in time. And I'm happy it does. I'm happy that it's had the longevity to still sound great in 2023. And just seeing the way everything, you know, at least for Drake on the diss song side of things. As far as Drake, when it comes to disses, seeing the little baby steps that would eventually lead up to certain to pivotal moments throughout his career that ascended him and completely obliterated him ultimately. With that, Going on to the next subject here. The real intro for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers isn't united in grief, even though that is the first track on the album. And obviously, who am I to say? No, it's not. It's, it says right there, number one, united in grief. I believe to be N95. An important thing to know about Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper, N95 is the most explosive, high energetic song on the entire project. After five years since Kendrick Lamar's last album, Damn, it, it felt a bit weird having a song like United in Grief be the first song on the track, or the first track on the album that we're introduced to, to all of a sudden get this hyped up, explosive track to then go back down to being more mellow as the songs continue on. It felt out of place. And whenever we look into N95, it makes sense in the themes that were presented in the album to what we experienced in our own life with COVID, that N95 should be the intro and not United in Grief. Even though more Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is an album that dives deep into Kendrick Lamar's traumas and to, Ken, to basically a giant therapy session for Kendrick Lamar as he continues to learn more about himself, especially over these past five years, especially with the pandemic, family, so on and so forth. N95 feels like the continuation, the grand intro to what all of us could relate to. He going on into the intro, hello, new world, all the boys and girls. I got some true stories to tell. Kendrick Lamar has been out of the game for five years. It just makes sense that he has some true stories to tell. We've been waiting, Kendrick. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for these stories, man. L let's hear it. You're back outside, but they still lied. We're finally out of the COVID era, the pandemic, an era where the fraudsters, where the liars, where a lot of false narratives were able to cloud the truth and take the world for a spin. You're back outside, but they still lie. Finishing off with that woe, singing it out. And, you know, we're getting the rhythm. And that right there, before I even dived into anything else on N95, just feels like a perfect setup for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Not United in Grief. Whenever we go and revisit United in Grief, which is an amazing track. It is. But if we go into the intro, it is slow. It's somber. Tell them. Tell them the truth. Going on into those vocals. Kendrick himself saying, I've been going through something. 1,855 days, I've been going through something. Which also, it relates to the overall theme. We get it. But the fact that N95 
is as high energy as it is. And it's the second track. And it goes back to being somber. We're worldwide steppers. It just doesn't feel right. And I've, I've experimented with this because I change the track list. I, I change it up. I did something major but minor. I just switched the album from starting off with N95, going into United and Grief. And it's such a smoother listen. As far as the themes that are presented, it just smooth. It just flows better. It feels better. It sounds better. It makes sense. And that's why I just want to say, I hit myself on the mic here. Sorry. I just want to say that N95 is the true album intro to Mr. Morale and the Big, uh, Big Steppers. Just based on the first 30 seconds, the themes presented, the amount of time we had to wait, the events that were basically at everybody in the world was going through. And then whenever we do continue on throughout the albums, United in Grief flows better into Worldwide Steppers, going on to Die Hard, going on to Father Time. If we were to start off with N95, it is a nice, not escalation, it is a, a nice somber, how would I say this, feel. There's a good feel going through the track list, going through the track sequencing. Narratives aside, sonically, it just goes one by one, I would like to say perfectly. But having N95 on that second spot does feel a bit random sonically as much as I do love it. It's like you wake up once that album, once Uniting Grief is over, you wake up to N95, you're like, oh shit, this, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the Kendrick we've been waiting for. And then to, you know, go back down just remove all of that energy that's been built up. It's like, all right, <laughs> what are we doing here? It, it, feels, it feels off. What's going on? And that's why I have N95 as the real album intro to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And some important things to note here is I really didn't, I don't really see the need to break these, to, um, break the songs down from start to finish just for the, just for, the actual sound itself and the way everything flows. Because, of course, we go on to the tracks. Uh, we, we know what they're about. I would like to say we know what they're about. If you don't, if you haven't heard Mr. Around the Big Steppers, you haven't heard United in Grief or N95, definitely listen to it. Check it out. Check it out. But just, I, I feel those first 30 seconds are so powerful and so pivotal that it just makes sense, man. But with that, with that, with N95 being the true Mr. Around the Big Stepper intro, this is going to be it for Vivid Nectar, podcast episode 264. For some of the main topics, I see my battery life, like I'm on 10% right now. So I have some other topics. Crack Sandwich will be the next episode. I promise you guys, I'm going to do Crack Sandwich the next episode. But with that, I think we could squeeze in like a minor, we could squeeze in a minor topic here. You know what? We could squeeze in something small. We could we could squeeze in something. All right, all right. We we got a little little fun bites here. The longest run running top five album from a non-rapping producer. And we got DJ Khaled with Grateful. Seven weeks is spent on the top five Billboard 200. And Metro Boomin. Heroes and Villains. Seven weeks as well in the top five. Billboard 200. Some important things to note here is that these are the only two non-rapping producers. All right. That's the category. We're not trying to talk about another producer that's also a rapper. No. Non-rapping producer. And the fact that it took almost, what, five years. I believe Grateful released 
in, yeah, Grateful released in 2017. So to see it took five years for another non-rapping producer to match this, not even surpass it, is pretty, it's pretty monumental. Um, all credit to Hip Hop Numbers for this. He's the one that created the post with this information. And I sort of want to continue on or just add in my bit to the conversation he started with this, that I am excited to see Metro Boomin surpass Grateful for this record. I want to see Metro Boomin surpass DJ Khaled for the longest running top five Billboard 200. Because just like Hip Hop Numbers said, Metro Boomin artistically has created the better album. It sounds like a genuine music project. Like you got everything from the features to the production was perfectly crafted to fit an aesthetic, to fit a world that Metro Boomin built. Everything was curated down to the last 808, down to the last sample to just fit perfectly, to match the ambience, to match the atmosphere. Whereas DJ Khaled's Grateful was created just to get numbers, was just created for the sheer fact that I want to get every big name, which, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 it has its own flair. It has its own flavor. You know, Grateful does have some amazing singles, but every it just takes away that that soul, not like actual soul music, but that soul, that actual resonation with the music, like I, trying to craft something to let's manufacture these songs. Instead of crafting these songs, we're manufacturing them for the sake of radio and billboard accolades, number one spot. And an important thing to note, that what makes, this, what makes it worse is that DJ Khaled himself isn't the most humble person in the world. The fact that whenever he lost to Tyler, the creator's Igor for the number one spot in 2019, and DJ Khaled had a complete breakdown with the strange music, the fact that his music should be heard and it didn't happen is disgusting. And I really hope Metro Boomin surpasses DJ Khaled. I'm right there with you, Hip Hop Numbers, and with that Vivid Nectar podcast episode 264. Catch you guys on the next one. I'm out.